I'm John Miglosh, and that's the WDMA, and we're here to share some marketing news with you. <clears throat> so let's get over to it. Okay, now this was, normally I, you know, you probably noticed, normally I put the direct mail piece at the back and, and talk about the funny stuff in the front. But today's article by Kieran Shiresh is kind of a an 8 to 12 minute, depending on your reading speed, um, commercial for Lob. I was kind of clued in on that because down here it has a link to the 2022 state of direct mail. And I think I was supposed to upload that. But um, they have what they call an Instagram, I mean an infogram. Uh, which an infogram, which, you know, I don't know that if they understand. An infogram to me is an illustration of, of, you know, of some content. Instead, it's just, in this case, it's a long and somewhat difficult to read, um, somewhat difficult to read long piece that when I PDF didn't work very well. Um, but the the infogram betrays the sort of the, the direction of this article, which is uh, several false dichotomies. Uh, but it starts out promising the the future of direct mail has never looked brighter. 67% of marketers say direct mail delivers. I doubt that's true because I don't think I don't think more than about 20% of marketers have ever used mail at all. Um, but anyway. Maybe it's 67% of marketers who use mail. That might be proper. Anyway, I don't know. But but to make mail work, you have to automate. That's the, that's the premise. The days of high volume, low customization, mass mail blasts are coming to an end. And I don't know, you know, again, this person doesn't seem to have any direct mail experience. She's about 25 years old. I don't know what she does with something like this. You know, I want to give you a clue. This 600-page book is a mass mailing, and it's not customized to my needs. This, I don't know, 800-page book from Uline is not customized to my needs. You know, I have drawers full of not customized to my needs mailers. This mailer here... This one improved this guy's little lawn care business. He, he said it quadrupled his business, okay? It's not personalized to my needs. This is one of the greatest mailers of all time. Uh, I wanted to feature it today. I forgot that it was sitting there. Let me, let me go back to the cam. Okay, I haven't opened it because, you know, we're going to have an opening now. This is from National Pen, which also has pen.com on the return address. I did a thing, you know, Jeff from um, Gunderson Direct did a piece on return address on the envelope. I'm making a mess of this. I wanted to cut it open so carefully. And he said, you can do a lot with this. See how they have the na the old National Pen logo, and then they have pen pens.com down below. Now, this is, this is wonderful. Look at this. This is, because I've gotten this before, and that's why I'm so excited about it. Okay, so this has a flyer wrapped around a bubble wrap it's not a bubble wrap it's a it's a vacuum formed 
uh, I would say polystyrene or something, and it has a space where the pen goes, and it only goes in that one space, and it makes the mailer fluffy, and you can you can, and the pen rattles in it. One of the great, one of the great mailers of all time, and I happen to know that this pen has a nice little Miglosh marketing on it. I have a whole collection of pens I've gotten over the years, just the samples of Miglosh marketing. Now this is personalized, right? But my guess is it has nothing to do with the automation that that uh, Kieran is talking about. You know, just it's got an address and it's got a pen. It's got the name of my company on the pen. So mm, sorry, Kieran, but you know the 12 minutes you spend talking about why. Well, and you know it's basically a commercial for Lob. Right, right. And down here someplace, she talks about how you can do simultaneous campaigns, sending personalized offers to customers who haven't made a purchase in 25 days. Which you can do. Sure you can. Um, usually we wait a little longer. Depends on what you're selling, right? If you're selling furniture, you can probably wait. Um, I worked with a furniture catalog, and they would mail people for 10 years. Uh, following up with leads exactly two days after they've been downloaded, after they've downloaded an asset. Again, the lead isn't thinking, oh my gosh, I'm glad they hit it exactly on two days. Birthday messages to customers. That can be handled by, a, a, you know, one vendor if you want. Nurturing webinar attendees across multiple channels. I mean, these are all things you can do. Um, and show tracking for each mail piece. Uh, someplace in here, she says, right here, here we go. Um, they do 10,000, they have 10,000 businesses. I'm not sure if these are printers. I'm guessing that these are not printers, um, but maybe printers who are selling the lob platform. Um, doing 700 million pieces of mail which is only 70,000 pieces of mail per business per year, I guess. Um, it's not clear. Maybe it's life to date. So it's really not It's really not designed around big mailers. You know, uh, I have uh, one of my WDMA members uh, alone does about 2 billion pieces of mail a year. So um, anyway, I guess it's really for small printers and small mailers. Anyway. You can read it. You go over to WDMA.org. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Whenever I switch to the cam, I forget about this. Anyway, you can read it at WDMA.org. No matter what I do, I can't point at it. There you go. I have to do opposite. Um, if you subscribe. Let's get to Mark Ritson. Uh, the COVID years were dark, and he said, I used to read this guy, Martin Lindstrom, who basically said, COVID is going to transform everything. It will change everything and leave nothing untouched. You know, that I think was the goal of COVID. I think, you know, a lot of people around the world, a lot of government people wanted to change everything. But here, um, Lindstrom said that there'll be a global synchronization of human behavior, establishing a completely new universal change of consumer patterns. I think that's what they wanted to have happen. So Mark um, 
as usual, very thoughtful, uh, talks about why is it that, you know, marketing in particular is so is so into change? Why why does somebody write an article like this, Kieran, uh, who who says that everything's got to change? You can't none of this old school direct mail is going to work anymore. Um, the fact is it it is working. Okay, the fact is. Kieran, you have no experience in mail at all. You got hired by a company that sells automation and they have an interest in selling automation. And that's basically where this thing starts. Uh, and Mark takes a, a data approach and says, now, if you looked at the cinema admissions in the beginning or in the middle of 2020, you'd see that you'd see that nobody was going to the theater. Well, the theaters were forcibly closed. You know, I made that point about the, the dramatic bump in e-commerce. Well, there wasn't any way to even get groceries in some places, you know, in the UK especially. And searches for men's suits went down to nothing, okay? And uh, alternative technologies like Zoom, here's the Zoom share price. Wee! And here's the e-commerce as a proportion of total retail sales. You know, it's been kind of going up, but pretty much it's pretty close to linear. And uh, all of a sudden, kaboom, and then you're going to extrapolate this trend all over the place. Uh, Ritson calls it the obsession with the pornography of change. The breathless predictions of COVID-induced change are mostly a big bag of piss. I'm not, and he said, I'm not going to go over the other way and, and claim that COVID had zero impact. Of course, it had some impact. But what I'm going to say is that we, according to the Bill Gates School of Prediction, we always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years and underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10. That's a pretty sound way to look at things, I think. So um, the truth is that we're pretty close to where we would be had biz, had COVID never existed. And now he draws a few lines with e-commerce as a proportion of total retail sales in the U.S. And we're right here. And uh, it's just about straight linear. Zoom share price went way up and then it went way down. And we'll be using Zoom today in the virtual meetup. Uh, but you got to get the link either at WDMA.org. There's a little button in the upper right corner when you get there uh, for the meeting details or click on the email that came out an hour or so ago. Here's UK searches for men's suits and there is a downward trend slightly down but um, you know but it, it's been going up for a while. Now I showed you this graph about uh, which I think is a little even even a little better. This is total retail the the, the two added together off line and online and this is almost perfectly linear and what's funny is on a year-over-year -year basis uh, or a year-to-year -year basis rather um, even e-commerce didn't bump up much even that big bump he must be showing months or something um, that's not even there you know and and if you look at the percentage as a compared to overall sales, it's flat. This looks like change, but not in comparison to, to total change. So you basically got nothing. 
which is good, I guess. Means we're back to normal. Okay, um, you know when the when the stores are all closed and you have no other way to get groceries, yeah, you're going to have to get online. Okay, but you may not stay online. And people missed face to face. People like face to face without masks. I like it without masks. And I, you know, I still see people wearing masks, and I kind of shake my head because even Bloomberg said it didn't seem to help. Um, you better have a pretty good mask. Maybe you should get a whole bubble in your head oxygen i know i'm not saying you shouldn't i'm saying you should if you're that concerned um i remember when a doctor was vilified in the early days of the aids crisis for putting on a a positive pressure helmet when she worked on people who tested positive for aids everybody said she was crazy um that it that it alienated the patient and I think it, I think that's true. I think the masks did that for everybody. Um, so you better be be sure when you're doing all this stuff that it there are negative consequences. That's all I'm saying. Um, there may be positive consequences that outweigh it, but there are negative consequences. Anyway, so the U, the UK cinema is bouncing back. I went to a movie on Monday. I went to a movie the week before. <clears throat> we like to go out to the movies. Um, we have Netflix. <laughs> You know, we have Amazon. Um, So why do marketers exaggerate change so much? That's the real question. Um, First of all, there's a lot of money to be made from change. I bet Lob is making a lot of money promoting that you have to have this new kind of print. I remember when, you know, everybody had to have personalized capabilities. You know, we used to glue paper on envelopes to address them. Glue paper on catalogs. We take it to a mailhouse, a separate place. We'd have to ship our catalogs there, and we'd stick what was called euphemistically a Cheshire label, which was a, a a green bar printout of all our addresses that we wanted to mail. And there was a machine that would cut it into little strips and glue it onto each individual mailing piece. <clears throat> and so, you know, we all had to get inkjet, and we didn't really know what to do with it. We tried. Custom messages didn't change the response if you tested them. You know, we had to get merge purge. We had to get a lot of things. Um, and most of them didn't have much impact, positive or negative. Um, Lindstrom has a new best-selling book, Biology for a Coronavirus World. And um, it makes sense of the new world order. Uh, and Mark said he could write a book saying marketing... Consumers and marketing aren't changing all that much, but who would <laughs> who would buy it? It really gets really interesting toward the end of this article, okay? He mentions that a lot of people in marketing here, first and foremost, there's a lot of money to be made, okay? The people who told you about digital marketing, influencers, Bitcoin, and NFTs were making money from the aforementioned things the whole time. Like lab. I'm not saying they are bent. I'm saying rationalization is a powerful tool for self-deception. When coupled with decent presentation skills, even more powerful tool for mass delusion. I don't directly make money from mail. I just believe in it. Just want to tell you, you know. And I don't have the phone ringing off the hook from people getting want to saying, "Whoa, I want to get into mail," and I heard it was the greatest thing. Well, it's it's a thing. It's a way of marketing. And, you know, find somebody who has some experience in it. 
Uh, second, there's a slope that you first predict X and then you predict Y and nobody's around to tell you that your predictions are baloney. Okay. Third, and this is really interesting, uh, marketers in general are more white, more male, more privately educated, more metro, more tech savvy, and more ABC1. I don't know what that is, if there's a footnote. Um, we are, but we are also much more, much younger than the average consumer. Not me, not me. I'm probably about the age of the average consumer. <laughs> You know, especially in the catalog industry, you know, our consumers are all like 75 and above. <laughs> and and you get mad about it. You say, I want a younger consumer. But, you know, we got savings. We got a house, you know, stuff like that. Okay. And we have a lot of 20-somethings. Uh, the article, the first article was written by, by Kieran. She's, a, I would guess, about 25. She graduated in 2018. So I would guess that's about right. Uh, so they so they're experiencing everything for the first extra exaggerated time. No no relative comparison whatsoever. And also half of the people in marketing have no knowledge of marketing. I'm trying to remember what Kira majored in. She has a degree in Python and uh, using it for AI. So that's interesting. So she may have some statistics, but it didn't seem like her degree was marketing per se. Don't remember. You can look her up. I'm going to tag her in the article. You just click on it and you'll go right to her profile. And I'm not saying this wrong. I don't have any, I didn't have any uh, training in marketing. Well, I had a couple of years selling advertising. So I had some sales and advertising experience when I got into a real job. But uh, no formal training in marketing, but I went into direct marketing, and there I had a mentor, Vic Hunter. Um, so maybe they're worried they might be found out at any time. But those who know, and in the new world, if everything is different and everything changed, and this is what happened to me kind of in when the Internet came along, that everything would be different. And that drum got beaten for about 20 years. And now, gee whiz, guess what? We're back to where we were. 20 years ago, and the same principles apply, which I said all along. So if you think I just launched onto this direct mail parade, no, I just stayed with it the whole time. And we kept doing it. We kept mailing millions of pieces a year, and uh, we kept testing. We kept honing the machine learning. We made some innovations and made some progress and made a lot of money for our clients. Um, but anyway, those who know nothing will know everything if everything's changing, and those who knew marketing will be left behind. You know, my wife says, why is my phone doing this? I said, I don't know. You got a new update. When the, the software changes every time you pull it up, you can't be an expert. Any time you spend trying to think, trying to learn the software is wasted time. I learned that when I went from Lotus 123 to, uh, I don't know what, Quattro Pro. Anyway, have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Get over there to WDMA.org and join in with us today. We'll talk about the change of COVID. Is it back to normal or are, has the world changed irrevocably? Bye-bye.